This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hi, my name is Peter Tomasi. Hi, this is James Hyman the Fourth. Hi, I'm Dan Jurgen. Hey, I'm Duffy Wynn. This is Jim Lee. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Mark Hamill speaking. This is Kevin Conroy. This is Tim Sale. Hello, everyone. I'm Batman, and you're listening to my podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 13, Episode 21. I'm your host, Ian, and I have with me... This is Tiff. And this is Theo. Today, we don't have any news, so we're just going to get right into our Fear State coverage. Remember, today is uh, another full Fear State, full time, full everything. Um, we're just going to cover Batman 116 and then all of the Fear State titles that we did not cover in the last couple of weeks. And we're going to oh, give wait, us... Wait, wait, we gotta, I got to stop. I got I got a bone to pick. What? M- Miss Mount, you, hi- you hijacked our episode. <laughs> you guys were just so wrong. I had to do some editing. <laughs> editing and education, editing. huh? <laughs> I'm just a reading this editor's notes. It was just a really, really long editor note. We're just not used to that in DC Comics. <laughs> <laughs> well, our editor's notes in this fear state have been incorrect, which we will get to in our Greater Gotham section. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> All right. Does that take care of your objections, Theo? For now. <laughs> For now. Okay. I can imagine All there's right. going to be another one. At the end. So you see this guy, Theo? Don't listen to a thing he Don't listen to a thing he said. He knows nothing. <laughs> Is he Jon Snow? Or John Wick? Ah. Hope not. John Wick knows how to shoot guns, though. And protect puppies. I thought he failed to protect the puppy, though. I'll be honest. I've never watched it. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, are you serious? You've never it's watched too much violence movie? for me. It is an extremely That's... violent series. That is. That and Taken. Taken and John Wick are two things that I'm okay never having seen. I'm still yeah. very irritated that they didn't call the second Taken movie Retaken. Come on, guys. <laughs> it was That's right there. Such a right failure there. right there. Okay. <clears throat> so. <laughs> Let us get to our Batman number 116 review. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. This is written by James Steinem IV, illustrated by Jorge Jimenez, and colored by Tumumore. Simon Saint screams at his forces to invade Queen Ivy's Eden, but Ghostmaker meets them, enjoying the challenge they present. Mr. Wise attempts to calm Queen Ivy down to prevent her from destroying Gotham as Batman and Miracle Molly rush through the sewers to find the Mind Machine. 
but Scarecrow is waiting, using the machine to knock Molly out and forcing Batman to follow him instead of fight. Scarecrow shows them Peacekeeper 01 as he tries to torture Sean Mahoney into a better world, but Mahoney shoots Scarecrow, freeing Molly to disarm the mind machine turned into a fear bomb now as Batman and Peacekeeper get down to brass tacks. The issue ends with Harley arriving with her copy of Ivy, along with Gardner and Catwoman, ready to try to persuade Queen Ivy. So, what do you think of our cover for this issue? It's a two-part cover. This is the left half of a large image, and this features Batman and all of his allies swinging into action against the villains on the finale cover. It's cool. There's the bad girls and Harley, who's... I don't know. I feel like this is ending kind of quickly, and that there's a lot of moving pieces that are kind of not moved. <laughs> so, like, you know, Ghostmaker had a cute little moment today, and that was it. And Harley's been around because she's definitely been in three books, so she doesn't need to be too prominent in Batman because she's everywhere. But I don't know. It's a cool cover. It's a very cool cover with, with oh, I didn't even notice Barbara in the background. <laughs> Just a giant face. Oh so that's the best part of the cover is how she's portrayed in the background. Yeah. It's it's very cool. It just it makes me a little sad thinking that if Tynan had stayed on a little longer, maybe we could have gotten an even more long and epic story, but whatever. It's good. It's a very nice cover. It's interesting that that as Ian mentioned it, that these are allies of Batman on, on this cover. It makes me wonder though how long how long this will last? Because I'm I'm still of the opinion that at some point in time, Ghostmaker is going to return to his nefarious ways and mm. going to get kicked off one time too many at Bruce for being a goody two shoes and just snap. And then Harley's being Harley, but... I think that it's unlikely that Ghostmaker and Batman will have a confrontation anytime soon. Because that seems like a Tynan story. And unless Tynan has really, like, encouraged Williamson, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Williamson has, has said he's going to use Ghostmaker, but he's also said that he really wants to focus on... Batman as a solo main character instead of a more ensemble cast in direct contrast to what he says that um, uh, Tynan has been doing. I think that the cover is really interesting. Thinking through what characters are important, I really think that Gardner was one character too many. I know that a lot of people get a little annoyed at all the original characters that Tynan has created, but Gardner is almost completely not a character she showed up she has a cool design but she doesn't really have a function in the story that couldn't have been fulfilled in much simpler ways i would say that Ghostmaker, i think was clearly supposed to be a long plot because i do think that tynan was originally going to have him become a conflict with bruce but he was supposed to be a supporting character in this arc and so he kind of feels like he's there plus the backups harley of Do course you- I was just going to say, do you think at some point 
JT ever considered making Ghostmaker a replacement Batman since Batman was always planned to leave Gotham? That is a fascinating question, but I think that I think that from Tynan's newsletter, we know that DC originally was going to make Luke Batman and then Ridley changed the plan to make it Jace. So I don't think that there was ever a chance that Tynan would be able to get Ghostmaker into the Batman slot. I mean, I mean it, it is possible, considering in Future State both Bruce and Jace existed, you know, different costumes and all, but still, they both coexisted in Gotham. That is true. I don't know, I hadn't considered that. He is supposed to be a mirror of Batman, but, I mean, to be fair... <laughs> There is precedent in that Azrael came basically out of nowhere and then was all of a sudden Batman. So it's not like you couldn't do that. I just think that it doesn't seem to be the story that Titan was trying to tell. Next question. Uh, and I have asked a qu- I've asked a variation of this question pretty much every episode that we've covered a Batman issue for the last yeah, four issues. Do you think this is a Batman story or a story eh. featuring Batman? Well, Ian, first of all, this is not a story featuring Catwoman. You said there was, there was Catwoman at the end, and there is not. Because I would I would see her, because I have a cat dar, and there's no Catwoman in that final scene. So. Well, that doesn't make sense, because she's in both Harley Quinn and in the Catwoman well, title. <laughs> you're expecting DC continuity to make sense, and that's just silly of you. But I would like it to make sense. Please? <laughs> Pretty please. I like million dollars, but hey. Um, I think this is a Gotham story, a Batman world story, and I don't think it has to be all about the things Batman does. Like, I think that's been my answer every time. But if you're going to have a Bat family be this big, then having Batman be everywhere is going to shortchange everyone else. So I think this one in particular was more about. Simon Saint in the background, and then, uh, what's her butt? Mad Molly, Miracle Molly, Miracle Molly versus Scarecrow. I think that was the main emotional conflict, was her trying to figure things out and then making him help her, and he's still a psychopath, so he's not going to help her. But I'm okay with it not being a Batman-driven story. It's just a story with Batman in it, and that's fine. It's a nice change of pace. Yeah, for for lack of better words, I'll 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 just say the same thing, you know. It, and I think that's probably the main reason why I've always enjoyed tech since Tamaki's been on it is because she's been able to produce these these Gotham stories featuring Batman, but starring Bruce or starring Deb Donovan or starring Huntress and. That's okay. I mean, I think that's probably the main reason why I'm why I'm excited for Shadows of the Bat because it's gonna focus on the family instead of Batman. You know, leave him in the main title and we get the rest of the family in in tech. So I'm I'm okay with with Bruce being a minor character in in an issue. It doesn't take away from the effect, the effectiveness of the story at all. If anything, it probably strengthens it. I mean, 
the reason yes. I ask this question is because whenever I go to somewhere else, usually like the CBR forums or the Batman Reddit, people are constantly complaining about it. And even though I actually personally agree with both of you, because I am a Bat Family fan and I love the potential in Gotham and the ability for us to have just such a variety of characters in a Gotham story. It is also, we are the Batman universe comic podcast and uh, we have covered the Batman title for, you know, 12 to 13 years. And I think that, we should have our hand on the pulse, even if we don't agree with the pulse of what I think, at least the mainstream discourse. I, I have no idea how much the mainstream discourse has to do with the actual fans who are buying the book, but I know that a lot of long-term people who talk about it are frustrated because Batman either seems to have need people to rescue him or seems to not be driving the story forward. I mean, but if you put it, if you put it, in in that perspective, it really puts DC in a damn if you do, damn if you don't yeah. situation because there's always the complaint there's too many Batman books. Why is DC producing too many Batman books? There's Batman this, there's Batman that, there's Batgirl, there's Birds of Prey, there's this, there's Nightwing, there's all these Batman books. Why are there all these Batman books? And now that they are produced in a way by which there aren't as many books, and yes, there's still a lot. Granted, but here it is: they're they're streamlining things to where you're giving you're getting not necessarily an equal amount of everything, but you're getting bits and pieces of everyone within the Batman universe within a few titles. It's it's again, it's just. It's a no-win situation for DC if, if it's if it's strictly about what the fans think. You know, I just want my outsiders book, and I'll y'all can fuss till the cows come home. Just give me Brandon Thomas on Batman. I mean, on uh, Batman and the Outsiders, or just the Outsiders, and I am a uh, I'm a happy monkey. But this, I mean, it's just it just seems like a no-win situation. People's gonna bitch and moan about something and this is just another example of it so i, I don't know theo are you saying that fans are not all one thing and that you cannot please everyone <laughs> how could you have such a reasonable perspective well my thought is also like i don't know i feel like you have a limited number of stories to tell when it's only one character driving it in over 80 years you know and we like the Bat Family. I don't know. I think there's enough love out there for the Bat Family that there might be some very vocal people who are whining about it, but there's always going to be someone whining about something. I also, I mean, my answer to these people is, yes, I love the Bat Family. But, like, if you look at Batman, I think Tynan shows an affection. Like, when you have... Tynan's clearly being very meta when he has Peacekeeper fighting Batman. He's like, I'm Peacekeepers. I'm the new guy. You're an old idea. You're a kid's dream. And Batman's like, nope, I'm still here. <laughs> and I think that there is a great affection for Batman. And I think Tynan 
sees him as being inspirational to both the reader and the Bat family. And I think that is something that people don't give him enough credit for. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just... It just seems like a no-win situation. No matter what what happens, someone's well, going to have a problem. You know what the Maybe. real win situation is? We kill off all the Bat family, reboot back to Bruce, Babs, and Dick, and that's it. No. <laughs> a terrible idea. That is the only actual way they could reboot, though. I think that a half-hearted reboot where you keep half the people is just not going to make anyone really happy. As long as Cassandra Kane survives, I'm good. I don't. Cassandra dies, we got problems. I don't see a way to keep Cass in any real reboot. And I would like to go on record by saying I don't think they should do a reboot uh, because I think it it won't make anyone happy. You can tell all the out of universe single story reader jumping on point earth one batman stories you want people like ongoing stuff and i think this idea that it's too hard to get into batman is simply wrong we have wikis we have so many communities where you can ask questions about things we have podcasts like this you can get into batman anywhere and i'm perhaps a bit biased because i started reading batman comics in the middle of bruce wayne murderer which was extremely complicated i had no idea who um vesper fairchild or Sasha Bordeaux was, but I still thought that because of the writing and the art, it was incredibly gripping. And I think that depending on the issue, you could pick up some of these things and be incredibly gripped. I mean, I would argue you could pick up like Miracle Molly or Peacekeeper, The Secret Files, and be really gripped and be like, oh man, this character is really cool. I want to see where they are in the main Batman and pick up Fear State. And then you'll find out, oh, I really want to know what's going on with Nightwing and the Batgirls. And you have these other titles. I just don't think it's that hard to actually get started on comics. But I, I, I am weird. I mean, so I guess I don't, I don't know. All right. I started in the middle of Tom King's run. And yeah, listened to the podcast and found dcfandom.wiki.com or whatever it is. But I'm a, I'm a nerd too, so. I guess you have to be a nerd to read comics, though. I mean, that's the other thing, is I think that you do have to be a nerd, someone who's willing to, you know, really dive deep into things. It's not... I don't think you can make comics a casual hobby. Uh, I mean, manga's not a casual hobby either. Um, you get into that, and you are getting into really significant storylines. You're not having short, you know, six-issue arcs or original graphic novels. It's It's long, ongoing things that span multiple years. So I think that you just have to figure out a way to tickle the right funny bones on the nerds who are willing to give it that that attention. You have to market it so they know it's there. But I think that if you can if you can let them know it's there, the people your audience will find it and you have to just keep the quality high enough that they'll be interested to to keep going. That's my perspective. I know it's definitely not shared by a lot of people. All right. So we now know Scarecrow's plan. It's basically torture everybody until they're like, I don't know, mini Scarecrows. Do you think that's a, a good enough plan to hang an entire event around? Um, 
I mean, if you're intent enough, anything is scary. I mean, we were just talking about nerds. I mean, anyone with a with enough passion can be smartly terrifying. Um, sure, yeah, why not? I mean, he did. <laughs> he had enough moving pieces. And, I mean, what did we really expect from Scarecrow? I mean... It, it made it intriguing. It's kind of like how when we thought maybe for just a second to Mariko was doing zombies. And I was like, sure. I love I love her writing. Sure, let her do zombies. This is fine. This is great. It's my favorite. But now Rosenberg's Zombie. doing zombies. Oh, well, that's not my favorite, and I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually a reasonable title. I would recommend people check it out. So, I need to try again. I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't in a good headspace when I tried, but I just... Did you try the book or you try the backup? Because I would agree the backup's not great. I thought no, the actual I tried, book was I tried okay. The first. Okay. I tried the, the first. That's fair. Okay. I, I'm only on the backup. I only did the backups. And so you're saying that the same writer is doing something completely different than what he did in the backup. It's just a much more polished and better thing. Like, the backups felt really disjointed. The the first issue felt like its own story. It you didn't need the backups to understand what was going on. It was it was just really solid, I thought. And it's a new artist. Like I think Eddie Barrows is just a really good artist. And I don't think that the backup artist was nearly as good. What was your question? Oh, oh yeah. Scarecrow. Yeah, no, it's fine. I mean, sure. It's Scarecrow. But do you think this is now an A-list Scarecrow story? Like, if you think, oh, oh yeah, someone really... They watch Batman Begins and they want a really good Scarecrow story. Would you give them Fear State so far? I think so. I mean, it it had enough moving pieces. It's kind of like, okay, so not to, like, draw whatever. Juxtaposition, parallels, whatever. But, so we talked about how this isn't a Batman book, it's a Bat family book and there's a bunch of moving pieces in the Bat family to to fight the evil or whatever. It's the same with, with Scarecrow. Yes, it's a Scarecrow plot, but he had enough moving pieces and players that it actually, you know, at any given time there was a different villain or there was a different danger or a different stake and I thought it was all very interesting and if he was the mastermind that kind of got the ball rolling, then sure. He deserves the credit as Scarecrow with the one-track mind, but he was, you know, he's clever enough to come up with his plan. Give him, give him credit where it's due. I will give credit. I don't think, however, it was enough to move Scarecrow to a list, and I think part of that is due to the fact that. Scarecrow was for as big of an event that Fair State was supposed to be. Scarecrow was limited to the main bat title. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we mentioned in the last episode, and as I mentioned in my review of Tech, all the other titles had their had their own different pieces of fear that they dealt with that had zero to do with Jonathan Crane. I now, mean, Simon if, Saint showed up in more books than Scarecrow did. Yeah, if 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 Scarecrow's if Scarecrow's plot had bled over into the other titles as Ian wanted it to happen, then I think yeah. But I mean, Scarecrow was pretty much in 
in Batman. And, you know, we, we were just dealing with different levels of fear and different different ideas of fear everywhere else that had zero to do with what was happening in JT's book. So again, yeah, it it it, it does elevate Crane some, but I don't think it's enough to make him a list. In Joker War, you saw Joker in Batgirl, you saw him in Nightwing, you saw him in, in all of the books that had a tie-in. You only saw Scarecrow in Batman during Fair State, so I mean, I don't know if that was... That's a really, really fair point, and I think that's a good comparison, too, because yeah, it's it's I guess kind of what I was saying was <laughs> Scarecrow knows he's a loser. <laughs> and so he had to have other people who are more interesting take center stage to create a f- interesting story around him, but not about him. Yeah, I I kind of think that Theo said it best. Like, yeah, for this sure. didn't. I think it's a perfectly serviceable Scarecrow story. I don't think it's at all a bad Scarecrow story. I just think that we kind of went in, uh, maybe I was the only one who went in, (laughs) thinking maybe this could elevate Scarecrow to A-list status instead of always being supporting. But ultimately, he is kind of a supporting villain because Simon Saint's in more books and Peacekeeper 01 kind of beats him in this issue. (laughs) So I don't know. I think it's been a good story. But I'd say it's a good ensemble story rather than really dominated oh, yeah. by any one character. Totally agree. Totally agree. But it, it, it definitely wasn't a it definitely wasn't a scarecrow plot, you know, that that shook the foundation of Gotham across all of the bad, bad books. It it just didn't happen. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. you, you may have had you may have had some mention of, of Scarecrow in Catwoman, but I mean as as Ian said, you saw more of Simon Saint than than you saw of Scarecrow in the other books. Okay, so we're gonna do the, the backup now. And this is Batgirls Backup Part Two, titled Set It Off, written by Becky Clunan and Michael Conrad, illustrated by Jorge Corona. Stefan Cass examined the abandoned clock tower, but the magistrate forces surround it and blow it up. The Batgirls barely escape, seeing reporter Grace O'Halloran commenting for TV in the street, then make it to an alley, fuming at the way the media is painting them as terrorists and murderers. The backup closes with Cass comforting Steph, saying that Batgirls always figure it out. Does this feel like its own backup story, um, along with the first issue, or more like a connecting story between other pieces of Fear State? Well, I mean, this literally happens right after Nightwing, right? Correct. Nightwing 85. Yeah. And I thought that the Urban Legends... Batwoman story started with something about Cass, or am I getting that mixed up with another? You are correct. Cass mysteriously dis- disappears halfway through that story. I was confused too. Yeah. 
So, and then that was confusing because that literally conflicted with what Cass is supposed to be doing and her interaction with Seer, which was weird. So that was strange. So I, I don't know. What was your question? <laughs> I think that it's connecting well in some ways, and obviously, like in the <sighs> Batwoman story, it is just a total disaster. Which I mean, halfway is not bad. Joker was zero weight. There was no interconnectivity with Joker whatsoever, and the ones that there were were so bad it wasn't worth mentioning. Well, I I slightly disagree. I think that um, Catwoman twenty five was really brilliantly connected, and. Uh, so was Detective Comics 1025. And um, Joker Warzone was pretty well connected too. But Batgirl and Nightwing were not connected well at all. I would definitely agree with that. Maybe those ones were so traumatizing it made me forget everything They were else. They were extremely traumatizing. I do not blame <laughs> you, Batgirl. I mean, you have my evidence. I ranted on Batgirl to Oracle for like 20 minutes at how angry I was about that, that title. It was trash. Um, but so I think that this, oh, sorry, Theo, what do you think? Do you think that Mm -hmm. this was a standalone story with the other backup or do you think it was a connecting piece? If you, if you take out the fact that, you know, they watched the clock tower blow up at the end of Nightwing, it really, there really wasn't a connection. Of course, it exists in the magistrate world, but I mean, so far everything else Batman is doesn't necessarily mean it's it's things have been connected. Uh, but yeah, I think it. I think it's more of a story of its own, uh, and and it it definitely feels that way in the writing and in the art. I'm I am interested because to me this really feels like. Conrad and Clunan are really working hard to connect. So the first story doesn't seem to connect to this story very much to me. And instead, it seems to connect to before Nightwing 85. So if I were to recommend people read, you know, Fear State, I don't know exactly where I'd put all these pieces with respect to Batman. But I would basically say read the Batgirls Backup 1 and then read uh, Nightwing 85 then read Batgirl's Backup number two. Then I would imagine we'd read uh, Nightwing 86, and then probably Batgirl's Backup number three. It feels more like it's scenes from the same Nightwing story rather than a story that necessarily stands on its own to me. And that's not a bad thing to me, because I think that's a legitimate function of a backup story. But it does... It seems like an odd positioning for something trying to launch an ongoing. And it's an odd thing that it's the backup is connecting more to the Nightwing story, and it's not a backup in Nightwing. But maybe that's the ploy is to get you to buy Nightwing. I don't know. Well, you know that the point of events is to get you to buy more more titles, right? That's true. <laughs> I mean, they used to do it like literally. You'd have to buy everything to get the whole story. Like you'd have chapter one in Batman and then chapter two in Nightwing, chapter three in Catwoman, chapter four in Detective Comics, and then chapter five back in Batman again. And you'd have to buy everything because knife fall in no man's land and Bruce Wayne murderer and war games. Like all of the books were doing this until I would say, well, I mean, there wasn't really any big bat events after war games. They started doing like mini events, like battle for the cowl, I guess. Here's a. This is just a side comment, not really a question, but I think that these uh, editors 
notes uh, are are not super helpful at the end of the book because last time it said to be continued. I think in in Batman, I'm like, no, it's not continuing in Batman. It's continuing in Nightwing. And this one also says to be continuing in Batman 117. I'm like, no, you need to go to Nightwing number 86. Come on, do your marketing properly. Issue. I thought with the Nightwing issue that said that it was going to be continued in Batman. Yes, but the Nightwing issue said to go to Batman 115. I think when it should have said go to Nightwing, go to Batman 116. Meh. That's been that fault. Um, who's editing? I don't know. I'm inclined to blame Jessica Chen, but that might be because she was involved with the Castellucci uh, Batgirl run. (laughs) All right. So, um, let us give Batman number 116 a rating out of five Batgirls. Yay! Nothing gross! Um, Just wait till next week's tech. (laughs) We'll be back to Parasite Man. (laughs) We'll rate that one out of Beautiful rays of sunshine. I mean, this is penultimate. It's beautiful art. Uh, Batman, Peacekeeper 1, and Ghostmaker all have, like, really cool full-page spread. And I guess technically Ivy does, too. Um, It's really cool, and I don't think the story was cool, I say as I yawn. Um, I'm tired, y'all. My closet has no air conditioning. I don't have any oxygen. Oh, gosh. I never know what to give these. Because I feel like a four should be pretty spectacular. I guess it was pretty good. Three. Three and a half. Again. Three and a half. I will go slightly up and I will say three, seven, five. I almost said three, seven, five. Okay. It, it, it would have been a four, but, uh, and Ian's going to hate me for saying this, but I just, I cannot get with Corona's art and Batgirls. It's, it's just, it is not for me. There's nothing that anyone can do to change my mind. You all at me all you want. <laughs> I've already been at it on, on Reddit. Hit me up on Twitter. I don't care. I just, this. Art is not for me, and it's just it, if yeah, I just I can't get with it. it. It just makes the book. It just makes the book seem so childish, and, and I don't want that for, for the bad girls. I really don't. I mean, Steph looks like she's thirteen. Cass looks like she's a tall, skinny ten-year-old. It's just uh, just on that. You know what? Drain a half. See, maybe knock it down. <laughs> Let this be a lesson. Never let Theo go on rants. He'll change his uh, review score on you. (laughs) And then I have to recalculate. Join us, Ian. I am also giving it a (laughs) 3-5. I I really liked it. And for me, the... Theo and I have talked about this, I think on the podcast, but also off podcast. I mean, because we chat all the time. And I really like Jorge Corona's art. Um... I've liked it since he did We Are Robin, and Theo's hated it since he did We Are Robin. So I I think it's really a taste thing. Um, I definitely see what Theo's talking about. It is definitely uh, very young-looking. It's not going to go into a lot of really deep um, or, or sexy stuff. It's not going to really draw We don't them. need sexy stuff. I mean, we, we, we don't need sexy stuff. If there's any sexy stuff in any of the bad books... 
Hell, the sexy stuff has been in Batman and watching Nightwing's butt. And that's and it. Batcat, because there's constant like sex scenes in that. But yeah, but that's 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 Tom King, and that's that's out of Clean my man. continuity. That's out of my continuity anyway. But w- w- regards to this story and Fair State and all the stuff that we've been we've been getting since uh, JT's taken over, it, it, there hasn't always been a lot of. We don't need sexy. But, I mean, but. If you look at every single bat book, it it, it is it is a me it's a it's a mature drawn it's a maturely drawn piece. Each book I have one counter for you. Until you Harley Quinn girls with Riley Rosmo. That's Riley Rosmo, okay. (laughs) He doesn't read Harley Quinn, he can't count that. But yeah, it's but I will in continuity, you, and it's part of the main storyline. I will, I will give you that, but but again, because of because of who Holly is and that mythos and her psyche, I can I can tolerate Raleigh Rosmo doing the art. But other than that, I mean, it looks like we're going from Batman to DC superhero girls, and I don't want that. I just. It is not good. It does not look good. I mean, if 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 I wanted to read DC superhero girls, then fine. You know, Jorge Corona could draw every single page. But considering how all of the other bat books look, and and they're not all in traditional DC style. You know, it, it's not all in house style, but. They look so much more mature, and you know, people say, "Well, we need more kids in in reading comics." There are books that kids can read to get into comics. If this is supposed to be in the same continuity as everything else, come on. Unless you all gonna have Harley Quinn, you know, throughout the pages, and then you're gonna have Corona and Rosmo tag teaming. Oh man, Batgirl's Harley Quinn, Corona Rosmo crossover coming up. And again, this is just one man's opinion, but the art, the art for Batgirls, terrible. I I will say that you are not alone uh, in the same forums that I'm constantly talking to people about how this isn't really a Batman book. Um, I do have a lot of people who who say similar things. They're they're just not interested in the art. They think it looks too young, too youthful. Yeah, I mean, Steph and Cass look like they both weigh 20 pounds soaking wet. It just, it, I mean, they're not the it, only ones to draw them like that in terms of weight. It is not good, but I'm I'm going to get off the soapbox. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling it. Well, I am currently feeling it a lot. So you have your two opinions. Choose your side. Tell us who's wrong on the Discord. <laughs> I have no strong opinion. On the website, Scott gave it a 4. So that gives us an average score of 3.63 and a mode of 3.3 because all three of us agreed about the score. 3.5. Scott must be a Should have a party. Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener... 
a 13-year veteran, or anything in between. We'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TVU Bat Family and let us know what you think. And we're back. We're going to be exploring the greater Gotham of Fear State. We're going to cover Catwoman number 36. Nightwing number 85, Peacekeeper 01, Secret Files one shot, Harley Quinn number 8, and Urban Legends uh, number 9, plus I Am Batman number 3. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 titles of Greater Gotham, and we're going to try and dig into each of them a bit deeper. Not full reviews, but we're going to try and place them in their context with Fear State and give them uh, our recommendations. So, let's start with Catwoman number 36. This was by Ram V. Unfortunately, in my perspective, the art was done half and half by two different artists, neither of whom were Fernando Blanco. So, that was a little disappointing. In this issue, Catwoman basically makes a final stand against the magistrate trying to get Ivy, her version of Ivy, out of Alleytown into uh, Poison Ivy's realm. And she's facing off against the White Witch, who is revealed at the end to have a lot of copies of the White Witch. So, what do we think about this issue? Uh, it did bother me a bit that when White Witch was first introduced, like, she was impossible to even touch, never mind get a hit on. And then, in this one, they just kind of take her out. <laughs> Harley Quinn whacks was... her in the face with a bat, because that's how you win. Yeah. That's how you win. So, I thought that was a little lame, that they had built her up to be OP, and then overpowered and then she just got up and then i didn't get why riddler was helping her but he's also not i don't know i was yeah, i was, I was confused coming. huh they have the double cross coming oh okay so it just hasn't come yet okay yeah I, I, and now the only question is are we going to get double cross in ron v's finale or is that going to be covered once or is he even going to do it because turns out Riddler's her friend and he loves her I I really don't think so I think Riddler is going to double cross and I think he's going to do it in this run because Ram B is setting it up from because his first issue of the main run was Catwoman double crossing them in issue 25 so I think this is going to be in revenge for that it was a fun, fine uh, issue. It's definitely setting up for things to happen in other books, so it was only so interesting, but it was fine. Yeah, I'm still loving. Mm-hmm. I'm still loving the idea of of Basil and and Waylon, you know, teaming up with the rest of the the C and D list villains, and their mm-hmm. yeah, them turning a new leaf and trying to protect Alleytown because they feel that Alleytown has protected them. And I think that that's a nice, that's a nice idealistic concept that, uh, 
Ron V has presented. Because you know, we, we, we've seen several instances where Croc, more than anyone, you know, has tried to turn a corner in his life, you know, whether with Suicide Squad or with, with Gotham City Monsters, you know, we, we've seen that with him. And then, of course, we know what we had with uh, Clayface and mm-hmm. Detective, you know, so it, it, it's good that there's they haven't completely turned them away from that and that they're still trying to lead them down that path. So I, I, I really, I really appreciated that from Ron V. I agree with Steph here that it feels like it, or maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I think it was Steph who said it was connecting. Um, it does feel like it's basically just trying to get Catwoman, Ivy, and Harley into the Batman book. And that's a little disappointing that it's turned from kind of a really dark crime story into a support to the main book. And I know that that's kind of how events work. I do really wonder how this is going to end up because I always compare this to my favorite Catwoman run. And I know this kind of shows that I'm not like a, a really deeply read Catwoman fan because I'm not a huge fan of the Brubaker run and I haven't read the whole thing, but I love the Genevieve Valentine Catwoman run. And there's so many parallels between that run and this run in that both of them show Catwoman basically trying to become some kind of crime Lord in the service of protecting the people from the the gangs that are preying on them. And she faces the question at the end of both runs, how do you get out of that life? Once you've built a system that depends on you to protect people you care about, but that system is evil, how can you leave? And Valentine basically has Catwoman say, you leave and it falls apart. Um, and I think Ram V might be headed toward the same conclusion. He's already had Maggie have to leave and um, the detective get shot in the head. So I think that that might just be the structure of the story. Either you stay and you become the evil that you were fighting or you leave and you can't protect the people you love. And it's tragic, but to some extent, well, Hadley, a crime story Hadley, will be. Hadley had to die. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> he had to die. He was competition. Bruce, Bruce was going to make sure that happened. <laughs> Are you saying that Bruce contacted Father Valley and said, you know, there's this detective. He, uh, he kind of needs to go. Yeah, as soon as, as, soon as that, that, that conversation on the rooftop, you, you really care for it, don't you? Yeah, you, 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 you got you to gotta die, cop. Batman is more secure in his relationship. He, he doesn't need to do that. You, you can be secure all you want. Doesn't mean you can't be dastardly about it. <laughs> Maybe he worked the shadows more than we know. It's Match Malone. You know that scene in yeah. uh, The Cowardly Lot. He, when, when he met Miracle Molly, he took a side trip to hang out with Father Valley as Matches Malone. Bottom line, Hadley had to die. So, Yep. Leads Selena back to Gotham. Isn't it ironic she gets back to Gotham and Bruce is gone? <laughs> oh man, I didn't think of that. That's really so sad. What? We, we no, can... she's going to go with him. I the don't new Catwoman so. book is actually going to be a bad cat. I don't think so. Yes, Ian, nice... it is. We can't have nice things. Have you read because... Excalibur, um, Steph? No, I don't know what that is. It's you the book read... that. It's the book that I read from T.D. Howard from the X-Men books. And I was reading 
um, Rogan Gambit and then Mr. and Mrs. X by Kelly Thompson. And I was like, Rogan Gambit are great. They're awesome. I want to see awesome. more of that. Was them. Awesome, that was an awesome run. And then, and then get... I start reading Excalibur. And the very first issue, you know what she does to Rogan Gambit? What is she puts Rogue in a freaking coma for an entire arc. <laughs> Not only was she in a coma, she was in a Krakoa flowers-induced coma. It was a coma. She was not in. She was not being Mister and Mrs. X. She was not in a loving, supportive relationship. She was a vegetable, literally. Well, actually, what I was about to say before is that maybe Hadley got killed off not because Rom V thought he was competition, but because he was afraid someone would use him as competition after he left. That's a good point. <laughs> care, but he Hadley had to die. And oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, yeah. Hadley had to die because his name is Hadley, and it sounds too much like Bradley. And if you want to bring Bradley back, then you can't have Hadley and Bradley because it sounds really stupid. Either way, who is so- Bradley? Bradley's her f- older cop friend, the one who died in the future state, and he's part of the Brewbreaker run. Oh, okay. Anyway, so everybody, pour out, pour out, pour out one for Detective Hadley. There you go. Press I'm F in the chat, that. guys. We're gamers. <laughs> okay, so uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, neutral or abstain. I, thumbs up, but like not a high up. There has been little that's been bad uh, in Ron B's run of Catwoman, and and this is not one of them either. So it's thumbs up for me. I think I'm gonna go with Steph. Um, a medium thumbs up. <laughs> Nightwing, number 85. In this story, we have a meditation by Barbara on her time as Batgirl and Oracle. We see her pride in Stefan Cass, and we see her and Nightwing fighting off magistrate goons, but unfortunately, as they head towards the tower, the clock tower, with Stefan Cass exploring it, it explodes. Um, um, this was written, of course, by Tom Taylor, and art was once again by Robbie Rodriguez. Oh, and then they had the kiss because that was her fear was losing Dick. Oh, oh that's right. Oh God, uh, that's- I can't believe I forgot that. I'm so stupid. I can't believe you forgot that part. <laughs> and Tim was like, "It's about time." <laughs> I need to mute. I need to mute and laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> thanks, Tim. I appreciate that one. Reactions to Nightwing number eighty-five. Liked it. I hate the art. I can't yeah, stand the art. I, I have Everyone's... to admit, Rodriguez can be okay, but this was really not very good. This was. It was inconsistent. The faces were something else. Babs's costume is still just a saggy mess. <laughs> and yeah, but the story. I liked the story. I liked the that it was. It was more about Babs and Robin. It was about. I mean, Dick and and Babs. Which I thought was cute. That was it was a nice personal character moment in the midst of the mess that is Fear State. Uh, and then you know you get the setup for what happened to the bad girls, and I, I honestly forgot. And so when I read Batman again, I was like, oh yeah, they're fine. It is a shame that the art of the bad girls in Nightwing isn't the art we got in Bad Girls, but <laughs> that it was just like a single panel. But. I, I overall enjoyed it. Would have liked it better if I had been blind and not had to look at the art. But yeah, the art was the art was not great. Um, was it better or worse than the Batgirl's art, though, Theo? God, the I knew you were gonna ask me that. I mean, if you knew I was gonna ask, you should have 
cut me off at the court pass. I would say worse, because if all three of us hated this Argent, then it has to be bad. Yeah, it's probably worse. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, it was worse, but um, the story was the story was good, you know, and, and I think the story itself kept me into it. Um and again, you know, as I as I keep mentioning, it, it was just another play on on someone's fear. And this time around, it was it was Babs, and you know, reminiscing about her and her and Richard growing up and sneaking out, and her connection to him, and then the idea of him being dead. Just ah, finally, the kiss. <laughs> I know from a fact that Stella was extremely happy about this. And it wasn't a gross thing she had to read, like Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel no shame for making Stella read Joker. That was an awesome comic. No, it's a very good book, but it's it's still pretty gross. The, the Joker is gross. It's a it's a the cannibals are gross. It's a great book dealing with gross things. That's what I say. Okay. I So my perspective is that I really didn't like the first issue of this arc. Uh, I didn't like the art, and I didn't like the writing. This one I liked a lot better. I liked the way that Taylor really affirmed Babs' relationship with Stefan Cass. She loves the fact that both of them were Batgirls. There's no sense of, you know, fake Batgirls or I'm the real Batgirl. Like, she she loves her role. She loves her past. She affirms her protégés. Um, that was nicely poetically done. It still was a bit weak, um, and I'm not sure if that's just because I'm really frustrated with the art, but um, it didn't feel quite as exciting as I'd hoped, um, given the potential, but it was significantly better than the last issue. So that'd be my take on this issue. And I am I'm looking forward to the next issue, which is not something I've been saying about this run of Nightwing. No. So that's nice. Um, Come join us, Ian. Join us on the Tom Taylor love trying truck. <laughs> triangle oh boy i'm at the truck the truck of loving tom taylor <laughs> i don't i don't only, think i'll join but i might hitch a ride once in a while and if only this was a video cast i would show my screenshot picture of a certain person commenting just on how good tom taylor was <laughs> oh was it me talking in the uh, the chat yep and and my response I am screenshotting this. Well, you got to screenshot it for next issue, next episode. Okay. Screenshot for every episode. <laughs> That'll be the podcast cover. It's just Ian enjoyed. Yeah, just it. Ian talking about how how good Tom Taylor did writing Nightwing. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, we'll we'll see if that actually makes it to a cover, since I don't actually control the art for this. Um, it might happen. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to, if you want to hijack something now, mount this will be it. This'll be it. <laughs> okay, so rating for Nightwing number eighty-five. Oh, uh, that's thumbs up for sure. It's, be- it's even better if you can't see well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even, even with the bad art, it's still a thumbs up. It was a good story. Okay, so I can't remember if I gave it a thumbs down or a neutral last time. I feel like I have to give it a neutral this time, but it's a neutral what? trending up. Oh. The art was just really not good. I was I was it really was not happy good. with that art. I, I can't with you. 
the the yeah. issue where Babs and Dick get together should be hot and sexy. This was not those things. Yeah, yeah it's true. I mean, you want you want hot and sexy? We can talk about those Robins are uh, variant covers. Like that's what I expect <laughs> from that kind of issue. This is not that. Well, I, I guess you're looking forward to the to the variant, the Jamal Campbell variant. What 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 eighty eight? Oh man, that variant makes me melt. So good. I, oh. I imagine Stella's going to get a couple of issues of that one. Oh yes, Frank. she is. <laughs> Um, all right. Peacekeeper 01 Secret Files. In this, we have actually, it takes place in the middle of Fear State, probably around Batman number um, 114-ish, when Peacekeeper is running through Gotham after being infected by Scarecrow. Um, and it flashes back from the time he was a boy watching his father and grandfather as cops murder a suspect, and then... As he grows up, he sees how his father and grandfather are such institutions in the GCPD. But then when he's a young man, Jim Gordon becomes the commissioner of the police force and shuts him out. And there's a beautiful scene, which basically ties right into uh, the Joker run that Tynan is doing. Oh, and this, by the way, was also written by James Tynan. And it's just, this weaves in and out of what, Tynan's been doing all year. You have a, a recontextualization of the scene where he rescues the nurses in Arkham during A Day. We find out that he was actually trying to blow up his records because the Arkham doctors were trying to get him fired because he was beating up the prisoners. And so he's going to burn those records so he could have a clean record. And he sees that there's some nurses in the room that he was going to blow up, so he's, he saves them. And he inadvertently becomes a hero, but he was doing something really bad. So I thought that was brilliant, and it ends with him beating up his father, saying that he now sees that his father and grandfather are the, the sickness that produced the symptoms of Batman and Jim Gordon, and he is going to be the new hero that leads Gotham into the future. Um, what, do, what are your reactions to Peacekeeper Secret Files? I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad they didn't... Because a lot of times... Maybe this is more with manga and anime, but a lot of times when they give the villain such attention and backstory, you're really kind of meant to sympathize. And a lot of times it's the beginning of the journey of getting the bad guy to become an ally. This really wasn't that. You do get his backstory. You see the corruption in his family. And it is harder to be mad at someone when their childhood normalized crime and there was always a justification for crime when you're raised believing a morality it's a it's a real tough journey to get away from that and it's cool to see him come to that conclusion but unfortunately <laughs> he's brain is completely scrambled and so the new morality he comes up with isn't much better or at least it's significantly flawed um so i really liked the delve into his mind without being expected to feel too sorry for him or take his side well said what do you think theo so as I skimmed, I skimmed the book. I hadn't read it until I was told I needed to read it. 
uh, because I was missing out on a lot. But I immediately, first of all, I immediately had uh, year one vibes with the art, which I am definitely okay with. Um, But what I also see, and maybe I need to reread again, but I almost... I almost get the opposite feel of what we got in the Miracle Molly story. And, you know, kind of like, like Steph said, you know, he, he was just surrounded by all this evil that kind of molded him into the person that he ended up, he ends up becoming, especially after, he's infected with the fear toxin and it, 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 I really got a, I really got an opposite feel than what I got from reading the Miracle Molly story. I, I, unlike Steph, I don't feel as sympathetic to Sean as you have that sympathy reading the Molly story with the art. And the story was good, too. Yeah, um, this is another case where I went in really not expecting much. And I was not looking forward to reading this book in any way. Yeah, because, I mean, Peacekeeper's just kind of been like a brute, punching people and getting manipulated. But the way Tynan just weaves this story in and out, what he's been doing for the past year, I... I have loved this year uh, of Batman comics for the most part. There's been a couple things that have really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I have not been a fan of Urban Legends. But what Tynan's been doing with the main title and what he's done with Joker especially, and then with Miracle Molly and um, this Peacekeeper Secret Files one-shot, it's all of a piece. You start to see all the pieces fitting together. You see how Gordon's story and Joker weaves into Peacekeeper's story, which is weaving into um, the Scarecrow story, which is also connected to the Miracle Mall story. And you see all these broken people. Tynan really specializes in writing broken people in a broken system, trying to figure out if you can make it better. And he hopes you can, but maybe you can't. And... I'm just I'm really grateful that we've gotten a chance to have Tynan on the book for two years, even though I would have liked to have him for two more years. This has been a great time, and this issue is part of why. It's, I, I agree with, with Theo. I don't feel particularly sorry for Sean. He's made plenty of decisions where he's avoided responsibility, and he's you know just blamed other people for things that he really could change himself but i also see he is an abused child he's a child who was exposed to literally murder in front of him and he contextualized that in a very unhealthy way but how many healthy ways can you contextualize murder as a 10 year old or an eight year old however old he was and so when he he meets his father and he you know he says i'm the new you're the old it's the same thing that he says to Batman, but Batman is different because he's a broken person who's 
as Tom King has said, he takes the brokenness and turns it into a machine for hope. And Sean Mahoney needs hope, and I don't think he's going to be able to find it. And I think that that tragedy is deeply moving, even though it's not sympathetic, if that makes sense. I, this story, I just kind of blew me away. Um, it's not, it didn't blow me away to the same extent that Miracle Molly did, but I, I really liked it. It was very good. Uh, let's give it a rating. Oh, thumbs up. 100%. Thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. Completely. All right, let's move on to Harley Quinn number eight. Um, this was a, a split story. Part of it is similar, but not the same as Catwoman in that Harley Quinn is still trying to get Ivy to Batman. Um, I'm not quite sure how that connects to what's happening in Catwoman. Uh, the other half is Kevin trying to save people. What are our reactions to Harley Quinn number eight? Harley Quinn is the problem book, I think, in Fear State. Oh, well, there's probably a few, but one of the problem books in Fear State. I would say Urban like, Legends and Harley Quinn are the problem books. Yeah, because it really feels like what's happening in Harley Quinn is, is contradicting what happens in Catwoman. Just because it's literally all the same characters trying to achieve the same goal in a different time, in a different place. <laughs> it's like, what? Um, but unless this is supposed to take place after Harley and Selena leave Alleytown? I don't know. No, it's it's chaotic. I, I did not love this one. I've honestly been loving the Harley book. I've really been enjoying it. I I don't know. I I just had a rough time reading this one. I tend to agree. I think that the Harley book's been really strong, but this event's kind of derailed it. And you know better than to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think... For ratings, what would you give it, Steph? I'm going to have to give it a thumbs down, but not like a emphatic, I hate this book, thumbs down. Just a, this was not the best issue, thumbs down. I'm going to give it a neutral because I think Kevin's story is really good. I love the way that Phillips is I developing like how Harley has turned her life in a better direction and she's inspiring Kevin to turn his life in a better direction. And I think that is a good story. So I'm going to give it a neutral because the Harley was definitely, it's just like, why do you need the same story that Ram V's doing in Catwoman? Mm -hmm. I I agree completely with that criticism, but I think the Kevin story Mm -hmm. is really good. So it's a neutral from me. All right, let's move on to Urban Legends number nine. This had three stories, four stories as usual. We had uh, Batwoman, Kate Kane, and her twin sister, Beth, who is also Red Alice. We had a story about Tweedledee and Tweedledum. We have a continuation of a story about Azrael. And we have the ending of Brandon Thomas's two-part Outsiders time travel arc. So let's take that in order. What do you guys think about the Batwoman and Alice story? It was fine. I mean, I think my standard for like, this is not a good book is I just, I can't bring myself to read it. <laughs> and this was fine. There was a cute little story about the sisters. I actually really loved the story about the sisters and their connection and uh, Beth's connection to Alice and blah blah blah. I didn't like that they never mentioned Cass or the thing that started the whole story or uh, they just kind of handed it off to the cops or whoever it was that they were handing it off to and that was the end and I was like oh didn't really have an ending that matched the beginning but whatever i don't know it seemed a little in that regard it seemed a little all over the place but 
it was moderately enjoyable. I I liked the I liked the Batgirl. Batgirl. I liked the Batwoman story. It was pretty neat. Uh, I I liked watching those two team up and and fight, and we see Fear acting acting the donkey trying to be a puppet master. But I I enjoyed the story. I think that it is. On the one hand, this is the story that I really wanted the Margaret Bennett run to be. The story exploring Kate and Beth's relationship after Beth was Alice. In terms of this being a fear state story, I think it sucks because Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> it does not make sense with the Batgirl story. It does not it does connect thematically as Theo has shown, but it doesn't connect timeline wise. It doesn't matter. So I kind yeah, of wish end. that it was just this was a short story by itself, just exploring yeah. Kate and Beth and yeah. not connected to Fear State. But is it? Maybe I'm losing my mind. I thought she was talking to Dick, telling him what they. Oh, yeah, no, I totally just. I don't know how I missed that. And he's like, oh, yeah, that matches Intel we already got. And it's like, so, so what was the point? Exactly. It's, it's <laughs> pointless point? as a Fear State tie in. But I think yeah. it's as a, as a Batwoman story, it's actually very good. And to be honest, I think I'd rather have that. Like, I don't know. I'd rather have a story I enjoy reading than being forced into some kind of tie-in I don't really care about. I don't know. I mean, I'm liking Fear State, but not everything has to tie into Fear State for me to care about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What about the Tweedledum and Tweedledee story? That was a... How many pages was that one? Too many. Too, too many. <laughs> it was basically a comic book PSA... On the American healthcare system. That's all this was. I honestly have no idea what it was. But when I finished, I was like, this sounds like this person has been to Canada and really enjoyed it and then came to America and then died <laughs> because of the American healthcare system. <laughs> I was not a big fan. I didn't know who Tweedledum and Tweedledee were. I didn't much appreciate... I forget the if Tweedledum and Tweedledee PSA. are Two-Face or Mad Hatter henchmen. I don't know. There was definitely too much Alice in Wonderland in this entire book for my I taste. Thought were, I thought they were Hatter. Yeah, because the Alice in Wonderland thing, but they're twins, too. So I think maybe sometimes Two-Face uses them. I don't know. Well, they haven't been getting a lot of work because they can't afford health insurance. <laughs> or they can't get old. What do you think, Theo? I, I was not crazy about it. It, it. it was what it was. The the art was okay. The story was like, eh. I, I I didn't I didn't see it as a PSA as Steph so eloquently put it, but um, definitely not anything to call home about. I did see it as a PSA. I thought it was very preachy. The characters were very thin. Uh, it kind of annoyed me. I mean, uh, I totally agree. We need better healthcare in America, but. I think that is not untrue, um, but I've thought that since 2004, so I don't think that this, I don't think that it was well told enough to justify his existence, and I, I don't like being preached at with something that I think has a very narrow understanding of why there are problems. Yes, there are problems, but I don't think this comic really exposes the whys or hows. It just says, ooh, I'm mad about this. I'm like, okay, you're mad about this. Is that a really a worthwhile story that I have to pay for? Not a, <laughs> not for my money. 
Except it was. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> okay, Azrael. What do we think about Azrael? Yeah, I liked it better than last week, but meh. not much actually really happened. Well, a new like bright white but clearly evil angel showed up to cut off people's heads. Yeah, that was about it. I thought that was actually really cool. <laughs> We have different definitions of cool, and that's well, okay. Remember that Steph is basically the end of this podcast when it comes to Azrael. Steph hates Azrael. I think Azrael's awesome. I have been avoiding Azrael since Detective. I, I I I did not like how JT run, and I'm still not crazy about him, especially considering how he was used in odyssey uh, so i actually did not read this story oh well didn't miss much. i think it was really cool i like the art i really like Azrael, and i think that this story is definitely i mean it's not doing anything super deep with him but i'm liking <laughs> what it's doing um and we'll get to outsiders by brandon thomas the con the conclusion of this time travely outsiders arc um I enjoyed it. I mean, I liked it. I did. Okay. There was, I did have a few problems with it. One was I didn't like that it flashed forward and then the timeline fixed itself and somehow Duke remembered it. I don't know. It's because magic stuff. It's ma I know. I was about to say that. It's, it's, it's magic. I guess I can accept that. What I didn't really like is I felt like the really awesome diverse outsiders group was white savior hijacked by robin and bow <laughs> hey, Vietnamese. i guess, I guess okay, he's not white that's true but still i felt like it was maybe it was bat jacked then i don't know it's a batman book though i know but i just really enjoyed the outsiders being a team and then Robin and Bao showed up and saved the day. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I liked their dynamic. I liked everything. But I guess I could have done without the Bat group saving them. But I guess if it, it's, it's, it's super team. I, I didn't really. I'm just thinking of things to have a problem with. I honestly did enjoy it for what it was. Oh, why? Why, Steph? What? You, you, you had to go and find something to not like <laughs> <laughs> how dare you criticize maybe the i was Brandon in a mood Thomas. when i read it i am still at wits in and i could have sworn that we were supposed to be getting the announcement of the outsiders book by brandon thomas me too in the month of, in the month of november and yet here it is and we don't have anything yet i mean we're only a week and a half into november yeah that's okay we, we're talking about dc here <laughs> they've leaked everybody's sexuality but they won't leak any any upcoming titles so yeah because we actually uh, buy sexualities we we're supposed to buy titles sell us stories dc yeah um i really enjoyed it and i'm wondering which of the two if not both is are going to be the final member of members of the outsiders because if you remember when that first backup story and it, w it was in urban legends as well you know jefferson kept saying that there was another member that they were looking to bring on 
outside of the current crews. I'm wondering if it's going to be either uh, Tim or Bao. I, I hope I, it's Bao. You hope it's Bao? I mean, I hope so, because that would keep him in the universe and not have to depend on Tynion to keep bringing him back. True, but if it's Tim, it finally gives them something to do with him. It's true. <laughs> the guy who's just as extra in everyone else's book. Yeah. I mean, but I just, and I know I've said this every time we've mentioned anything about Brandon Thomas and the outsiders. I just, it just awestruck me. It's just awestruck me how, how well he gives voices to these characters, especially to Duke Thomas, who, again, if you have known me all these years, whether on the server, whether on the site, whether in this podcast, you know that I have never been a real true fan of, but I have seriously enjoyed the voice that Brandon Thomas has given him. I mean, DC, just give him a title. Just... (laughs) Just give him the title and, and call it quits. You're not going to want Batman. That's fine. Give him Outsiders and, and let him write Duke. I, I I truly enjoy the voice he he has with both Dukes in this issue. Mm-hmm. You know, future Duke as well as current Duke. And it, it, it just, just give him a title. Make me a happy person. Please. I concur with everything that Dustin just said. Um, this I mean, story was Theo? great. I mean, hey, Theo. D- Wait, Dustin Theo is hijacked the <laughs> First is Mount, and now it's Dustin. We're being hijacked all over the place. <laughs> I, Theo just said it so well. I, this Brandon Thomas consistently impresses me. Now, I will say I'm a little hesitant on what's going on in Deep Target, the Aquaman and Green Arrow crossover, but... I'm willing to see how it plays out. This story was awesome, and I don't understand why DC hasn't given him a Outsiders book yet. Because, come on. Come on! Outsiders have, Outsiders have been consistently good since Future State. State. Future State, I was yeah. About to say Future State. Yeah, since Future State. And I was even mentioning on read it the other day you know someone had posted a picture of maybe it was a nightwing yeah it was a nightwing that was drawn by dexter soy and i commented that dexter soy was the best thing about that last run of outsiders and if they could just somehow have gotten him and brandon thomas together as a creative team that would just be a work of art and I, I just don't, I just don't get it. The DC just don't want us to have nice things. You see how long they <laughs> waited to give us a Batgirl story, and then they give us Jorge Corona to go with it. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should be careful with what I ask for. Or maybe you should ask me to ask for it. Yeah, ask for it. Send, send me a letter, Ian. Okay. All right. I thought this story was awesome. Overall, for Urban Legends number nine, what do we think we'd give it? I think overall, the 
Batwoman and the outsider story were strong enough to carry the book. I, I didn't hate the Azrael story. I just, it's not my favorite. And then the Tweedledum, Tweedledee is just garbage. So that's kind of, there's usually one that's really not good. So I would say this is a thumbs up for an Urban Legends book. It is also a thumbs up for me. Yeah, I'd say it's a thumbs up for me. I can't, that... That Tweedledum story really pissed me off, but <laughs> I did like the other three, so I really can't be a hypocrite and say thumbs down for just one story. It's it's a thumbs up overall. All right. And our last book is I Am Batman number three. We have a violent shootout outside of one of the GCPD buildings where uh, Mrs. Fox is in acting as a lawyer for uh, a mentally unwell young man who shot Anarchy um, as... Jace Fox Batman beats his way through the crowd, saves the police officers, and saves his mother. Reactions to I Am Batman, number three. I'm liking the conflict that the cops are having because they know they need Batman. They know they need to rely on him for a lot of things, especially in such a crazy shootout where he was saving their lives, but then also having to obey the magistrate. I, I just sorry. I'm so tired. I, um... I really do like Chubb and Whitaker and the characters that they've been built to be and also Jace's, I don't know, conflict with his parents. He's there. I feel like Jace has had more to do, or I like Jace more than Batman. I don't know. Although I did Wait, like when he do like... Do you mean Jace the, more than Bruce or Jace more than Jace as Batman? Jace more than Jace as Batman. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I should have clarified. Or at least, I don't know. But I did like the scene where he beat up the guy that was trying to stop him. And he's like, you probably would have won, but you were blocking me from getting to my mama. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, he's trying to protect his mom. I forgot. But uh, it was all right. It was it was a solid read, I think, from what I've been getting out of the story. I still have somewhat of a sour taste in my mouth for them killing Lonnie. I just, I, I just don't see how that adds um, anything of worth and value to the overarching story. But I will also say that the story has gotten better. Um, I definitely like Jace. I enjoyed the touchy moment with Jace redeeming his mom, you know, by peacefully disarming her and yeah. She letting him walk away despite the the feeling she have she has for mask. It, again, like most of what we got in future state, I see us again continuously moving away from that overall story when looking at Chubb and Whitaker. You know, you would you would think that if we were still heading towards future state, that Chubb will be gone by now, and he and he's not. And you kind of see a change in both of them. You know, and him still sticking around, but also with Chubb having these moments where she she questions whether or not you know. Gotham really does need the mask, and you and you can also see that with Montoya, because you know I can't remember if that was in issue two where you know 
she has a conversation with uh, the Batman and as he gets into the office. Oh no, that wasn't Batman itself. Maybe. But you know, they're, they're questioning now the motives of the magistrate. You know, and as we get to the end of a fair state, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out. But I enjoyed it. it it's definitely, it's definitely getting better. Uh, but I'm still, I'm still sour over losing Anarchy. Yeah, that's um, a pretty fair description of my own feelings. I'm perhaps a bit more salty about this um, whole project because I still think that Future State Jace Batman wasn't great. I thought that Second Son was an improvement. I think this is about the same level as Second Son. It's still fine, but it doesn't quite convince me of... It feels like pieces rather than a whole story. There's pieces that I think are really compelling, like the conflict between Chubb and Whitaker and... Um, Jace's connection with his family but there's other pieces that keep not working like the way he's used Luke and the fact that Tiffany and Tam keep coming in and out of the story without really a main purpose. I really don't like his portrayal of Lucius at all so it's just it's kind of a messy title for me. So overall what are our ratings? I would say probably neutral but like I'm still enjoying it. An enjoyable neutral. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still a neutral trending up for me. Like I said, it, it there's still a sour taste in my mouth, but the story is getting better. So it's it's starting to trend up, but it's still neutral. Yeah, I'd say a neutral. And that brings us to an end of our summary section. Now I want to do a quick talk about where we think things are fitting together. So, I think we agree we're not quite sure where Catwoman and Harley connect to each other, but we know that both of them are supposed to lead into um, today's issue of Batman, because that's when Harley shows up. Um, Nightwing, obviously, is connected to the Batgirls title. Um, We don't quite know how those connect to the main Batman title, but I'm pretty sure we'll find out in the next two issues. Um, Peacekeeper. Uh, as I said, is probably somewhere between issues um, 113 and 114. Oh, it says it specifically, doesn't it? Oh, that's right. Um, like that one's one. That's one of the ones that we know for sure. <laughs> right. Urban legends. It doesn't really matter. None of those stories no. actually connect directly to anything. I mean, you could argue that maybe the Batwoman story connects to the Batgirl story, but as I said, it doesn't make any sense. It did at one point for a second. (laughs) But now it doesn't. Now it doesn't. Um, I am Batman still no clue. It's just generic magistrate time. So which of these books would you say is more essential for those who want to really get the big fear state picture, but don't necessarily want to read everything? Right. I don't know. I guess it depends on what you want to get out of it. Like... I really enjoyed the Nightwing story. Is it essential? I mean, you f- you see the clock tower blow up. You kind of figure out there's still more damage getting done. That you, it's there's more of the Gotham damage being shown rather than in Batman. You're just kind of seeing the human fallout or the superhero fallout, whatever. 
the bomb that needs to be diffused, literally. So maybe Nightwing? You could toss a coin and pick if you wanted Catwoman or Harley Quinn, but I don't recommend both at the same time. I would say that's about it for things affecting the main title. Everything else is kind of... Magistrate effect related, but not story related. It's kind of like they're just put in the same universe and things are happening that would normally happen. But now there's Magistrate. I don't know. And we didn't even talk. We even mentioned tech. <laughs> well, that's because no. we review tech itself. Yes, but that has probably the least amount to do with what's going on in Batman. True. But whatever. But it's a, it's a strong story by itself. Oh, I love it. Despite no. my complaints about the parasite going on too long. <laughs> um, Theo, what do you think? What titles would you say are essential reads for Fear State? Uh, if I, I'm I'm going to be in agreement with Steph, if 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 anything, probably Nightwing. I mean, you you can pull bits and pieces out of out of Catwoman, but not completely. Yeah, uh, and I couldn't tell you which way was up or down with Harley Quinn, so I'm just going to leave that one alone. So for me, it would probably be uh, Nightwing. I'd say Nightwing and Catwoman, because Catwoman, the whole second Ivy plot started in Catwoman. So I think that kind of... What? That's true. Yeah, you're like the whole Jar Ivy happened in Catwoman, whereas in Harley Quinn, she's just been doing her own thing and suddenly Ivy. Yes. So, um, that would be my, my, my argument. I think that, um, Urban Legends isn't bad per se, but it's definitely not er essential reading for Fear State. Oh, and Peacekeeper. So, Catwoman, Nightwing, and Peacekeeper. Well, the, 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 the one shots... I don't even know if they should count as that because the one shots are literally made for understanding Fear State better. Well, and they're also mostly written by Tynan. So Yeah. So I don't think those should count as I don't know, whatever it is we were talking about. <laughs> well, I I would say that they, they kind of define what it is to be essential. Although, again, we're gonna have to see how Gardner goes. Do you think that you can just read six Batman titles of Fear State. Just no Fear State Alpha or Mega, no tie-ins, no secret files. Can you just read Batman 112 to 117? Well, weren't Alpha... At, maybe I'm getting confused. Oh, no. It was the free comic book day, I think. Wasn't it? Or there was a whole free bunch of free... comic book day was just the first half of Batman. Right. So those... Okay. I, I was just getting confused for a second. Um... I don't think they're essential. I think you could get away with just reading Batman and be fine. I think if you want depth, then I highly recommend the one-shots. Yes, agreed. And but, I would say Alpha. Fear State Alpha also gives it... I don't remember what happened. You really get into oh. um, Scarecrow's plan and how he connects to Simon Singh. Oh, yeah. No, I skipped over most of <laughs> <laughs> Ah, So many people said that, but I thought it was great. 
Ugh, this is two guys talking in a white room. I just couldn't so great. make my Two guys better. talking. That's what I got. That's why I buy comics for. Oh gosh, I just couldn't make my brain care. Theo, do you think you can just read Batman one twelve to one seventeen? Oh yeah, especially especially if you're not interested in the other aspects of fear, and if you're just looking to see how. The Scarecrow plot goes from beginning to end. You can just stick with Batman and call it a day. Yep, I'd agree. I think Tynan's doing a pretty good job of... I think that especially Catwoman and Nightwing and the one-shots do enrich the story. I don't think they make it a, a lesser story. But I think you can read it by yourself. And I think that's a tricky feat, and I think he's pulled it out reasonably well. All right, so that wraps up our Fear State Greater Gotham. Hopefully that'll help people who are wondering, should I buy this? Should I not buy this? You, of course, have to make your own decision. Buy what you like. Buy what you're enjoying reading. Buy creators that you're enjoying you know, reading stuff from. So like Brandon Thomas, Theo and I are like, this guy's awesome. We want to read everything he does. I like him too. And Steph doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I care. No, I love it. He's and great. I'm just going to be blatantly lying about what Steph feels. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jerk. Just give us just, just give us out outside the story. We'll call it even. And... No, the only reason I'm hesitant about an outsider's book is because I love what Brandon Thomas has been doing in extra material, and I'm just terrified that DC is going to ruin whatever he does <laughs> if he was given a main title. That's my only concern. All right. We'll do a quick listener feedback, um, just one from the Discord. Uh, Steph, take it away. Sorry to interrupt, Master Booth. Ringing your phone now. This needs my attention. Caspian73, I, my comment, made it to this episode. And this one did do. That's That was me. I added that. I wish you guys could review Batcat 8 for longer, but I understand the bat books are a lot to get through. Mostly, I just feel like I have no one to talk to about this book with. Aww, none slash not sure how I feel about it. Yeah, us too. Uh, well, yeah, thank you for commenting, Caspian. Um, Caspian and a lot of our normal Discord commenters all joined in in a very interesting conversation about the future of comics, future of digital a lot of people saying that trade's the way to go, that digital's the way to go, me sticking up for the floppies. <laughs> um, join in the conversation. Our Discord is a really good place. It's not super hopping, so you don't feel like you're constantly missing stuff, but we do have good conversations there. Are we going to do a Bat-Cat trade talk or something? Like, I would like to. Out? Um, I would like to. It'll that. depend on... <laughs> So if it's like Strange Adventures, the answer is no, because I got to <laughs> issue 11 of Strange Adventures and I wanted to rip up the previous 10 issues. <laughs> um, so if Batcat goes that way, then no, um, you can do it yourself, but I won't. If, however, <laughs> Batcat continues to be as good as it has been, which I think has been good but challenging, uh, we'll definitely do one. Um, whether it's an extra or a, um, a special, we'll do something. All right. And let me do our quick Patreon support. We appreciate all you guys who support us at a certain level, and we read your names every episode. So that would start with Donald Townsend, Lisa Slack, Gerald Green, Ian Miller, Stanton's Grave, Captain America, Austin Davis, Brendan Roberts, Tim Garassi, Donovan Morgan Grant, Stephanie Mounts, Joshua Lappin-Bertoni, Ed Grouse, 
Hannah Gar, Mary Garrett, Johnny McCloskey, Cesar Diaz, Rob O, Hank Bennett, Robert Lewis. Thank you all. We really appreciate it. We really love digging down into the Batman universe and bringing these comic podcasts to you. There's such a huge archive of podcasts which require server hosting. So what you do with your Patreon support is allow us to continue hosting that for new fans and old fans who want to get caught up or go listen to stuff as you will see in a month or two. Thank you so much for all your support. Um, Until next time, I've been Ian. This is Steph. And this is Theo. And we'll see you next time. Are we going to do... Sorry, I'm so tired. Hold on. Okay. Oh my god. I'm glad I didn't start the recording yet. Oh, you didn't? (laughs) No. That was a keeper. No, it wasn't. (laughs) No, it was not. (laughs)